0: coastal at the boatyard restaurant located at 1515 southeast 17th street causeway in fort lauderdale here you'll feel part of the yachting tradition of south florida as you experience the boatyard's hooked table seafood eccentric menu with fresh catches listed by name of the fisherman who caught them the boatyard's open kitchen is also known for premium grilled cuts of meat and a menu that's sourced from local ingredients sit inside in modern nautical themed rooms or dockside and watch the boats cruise by as you enjoy lunch, dinner and Sunday brunch. Monday through Friday, the locals know that the Boatyard's happy hour is the best place to gather for bar bites and handcrafted cocktails at great prices. And don't miss out on Ladies Night every Thursday. Call ahead to book your reservation today at 954-525-7400. Clear the airways. <laughs> The Lunker
1: Dog is on the air.
0: Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast.
1: (laughs) All right, welcome to The Real Guy Podcast. I got Stephen Busaka via Zencaster today. Stephen, good to have you on the show. We haven't heard from you in a while, buddy.
0: I know. I've been a little bit MIA over here, man.
1: What the hell have you been doing over there?
0: Dude, I had been uh, gearing up for the past couple weeks to head on out to Biscayne Bay again. I was looking for my bonefish. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you had spoken with Carl, but uh, we went out yesterday. And we had what was probably one of the most memorable fishing trips I've ever had in my life.
1: What do you mean memorable?
0: Well, I got I caught my first permit. You that got was a pretty perm. exciting. But yeah. And, uh, and on top of that, I was able to actually catch him on a flat sight casting him which was even better
1: sight casting permit doesn't get much better than that
0: hell no man and uh it did help the fact that he was almost 20 pounds i was extremely happy that that was the size of my first perm and i was able to get not one not two but three bonefish all sight casted and the last one was actually a trophy
1: what do you mean trophy?
0: He was almost eight pounds.
1: Nice, I nice. Was so you know, excited, dude. Busaka, any bonefish or any permit that you catch in Biscayne Bay, regardless of size, is, is pretty much a trophy. Oh so yeah,
0: fishing, for sure. But now, tell, but tell tell everybody why that is.
1: Because when when you're fishing Biscayne Bay, it's the most demanding flat fishing in that I know of. I mean, I I suppose somewhere around the world, flats fishing could be a little bit more demanding. But the fish are the most experienced in Biscayne Bay. There is more boat traffic in Biscayne Bay. There is a city that basically is on the edge of Biscayne Bay. And it's just one factor after another. The fish in Biscayne Bay are just more difficult. It's just harder to catch than the other places. Island Marata, I think, is creeping up on you.
0: Yes, uh, I if love you stay
1: downtown, Isla Morada, you know, like the fish can be tough. Oh, but yeah. But you can get it a little bit outside Isla Morada, and then you know, it ain't like Biscayne Bay.
0: No, bis, and I mean, I've I've been lucky enough to, you know, fish for bone fish in Isla Morada, and I absolutely love it. But I will tell you right now that it's not as difficult as Biscayne Bay is.
1: Yeah, no, that's um, I don't know how they do the the golf courses or whatever, but that's, that's like the hardest course, the Masters in flats fishing. You know what I mean? This game day is
0: like the masters of, of, uh, flats fishing.
1: All right. So give me, give me a summary about all the, all the different guides that you've been out with so far.
0: Well, see, here's the thing with me. I'm not, I, I always like to make sure that I'm not what they call a guide groupie. So I've only ever fished with Carl ball right uh mike alfano right and you and right. i actually like the fact that i just have like that small circle and the cool thing is is that i was actually friends with you guys before i even fished with you which i like cuz you know there's a trust there
1: well yeah i mean you guys were you guys were somewhat connected through the real guy network so it's a great way you know to develop a relationship with a guide And, um, you know, being in the real guy network and dealing with these guys that are in the real guy network, you know, kind of, um, you know, it, it makes it where it's hard to make a mistake as far as going out with a good guide. But my point is your first guide trip was September, correct?
0: No, my first guide trip was actually May of last year.
1: Okay. May last year. And that was with Carl.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Alright, so your first guide trip was with Carl. And um Did you get a you got a bonefish that day, right?
0: No, that was the day that it rained like a son of a bitch. And, oh, you got uh, rained out that day. Yes. I caught a I caught a, a big bonnethead head shark, which was that was cool though, because I never caught a shark.
1: Well, you got your bonnethead out of the way on <laughs> your first trip with Carl.
0: Yeah, it was a the big one, so it was cool. Yeah.
1: Then your next trip was with Carl. Carl again?
0: Yeah, and that was when I got the first bonefish.
1: And then you got your first bonefish. And then your next trip was with Mike?
0: Let me think about this. I think that the next trip was with Mike. Okay. And that was down in, um, we went to Flamingo, which I love because I've, you know, I've been hearing about Flamingo for years. And, um, and then towards the end of the trip, we ran over to downtown Alamorada and I got a bonefish out there.
1: All right, so I'm just I'm keeping count, you know, Busaka.
0: I know you are. <laughs> so
1: we got a bonnethead shark on your first trip. Yep. On your second trip, you got a bonefish. Yep. Then you went with Alfano and got
0: I got uh, one bonefish, one redfish, and like four or five snook.
1: All right, so you got bone, red, and multiple snooks. Correct. All right. And then I went so that's, with Carl again. So you're well did okay, so you went with you went with um, you went with Alfano twice though, no?
0: Three times. I've actually three times
1: with yet. Alfano. Yep. Okay, but between your trips you went with Carl and then you went back to Alfano?
0: Yeah, so that's the thing. I like to I like to kind of go back and forth between the two.
1: Okay, so then you went with Alfano and when did you get that trip?
0: So the third time I went with Mike, i had gotten one redfish. No, actually the second time, the second time I went with Mike, I got like five redfish.
1: Five redfish.
0: A big bone fish, one bone. And what the heck else did I get? I got something else too. I I can't remember what it was.
1: Oh, dude, you're not helping me here. All right. And then on your fifth trip, you went back with Carl?
0: Yeah, and then the next trip was with Carl, and I got one bonefish.
1: One bone. Okay. Then on your sixth guide trip of the year, you went with?
0: Mike. That was the third time. And that time I got like four snook, a couple jacks, and one nice red.
1: All right, so four snooks. And a red and jacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then this should bring it to your seventh trip, which was with Carl again, correct? Which yep. was just yesterday?
0: Yep. So we got the and permit. One perm. Three bonefish. And a yellow jack.
1: Three bones and a jack. All right. So grand total seven fishing trips. You got uh, one. Two. Five bones.
0: Oh shoot, wait a minute. No, the first time I went with Carl, I actually caught two bone fish. When I that, so that, the day I caught my first, I caught two.
1: Okay, you got two bone fish. Yeah. Alright, so that brings your that brings your that brings your total up to <laughs> uh four five bone fish altogether. Right?
0: No. Be more than that because I've caught I caught two with Alfano, and then okay. I caught one, two, three, four, five, six with Carl.
1: Six with Carl. Okay. So that
0: brings me to eight. So eight, bomb okay. fish. eight
1: bombfish. Eight fish. I don't know. What do you got about? It? Eight reds. You got five snooks, a permit, and seven trips of fishing.
0: And each right. time, I, the good thing is I learn something new each time. And I feel like each time I've improved.
1: So kind of like going to like flats class or a school or like you yeah. learn as you go.
0: Yeah. I, th- yeah. I I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. And most of those trips, um, and just make it easy on me, I'd say most of the trips, you split the trip with another person. Yeah. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're into it for 50% of what the guide charges. Correct. Okay. Let's say that the average trip was approximately six hundred dollars. Fifty percent of that is three hundred dollars. Three
0: hundred bucks. Yep.
1: All right. So three hundred dollars times seven is twenty one hundred bucks you have tied up in guide fees mm-hmm. over the course of seven months. Actually, now what I'm getting at, huh?
0: actually longer than that because like i said i the first time i ever went out was may of last year so it's roughly about almost 12 months now
1: 12 months okay so seven trips in 12 months you got about 2100 bucks into it yep. and um if you divide that by 12 that's 12 into 21 let's just call right. it 200 bucks let's just call it 200 bucks a month okay all right is what you got invested in your guide trips right now my question and the reason i went through all this horse malarkey <laughs> was i wanted to compare right i wanted to compare somebody's decision to learn on their own and go out and buy their own stuff at the beginning cuz you this is your the beginning of your flats fishing as opposed to going with a guide In the investment that it takes. Are you feeling me?
0: Yeah.
1: So, like, for instance, if you wanted to do all this on your own, you would be into, well, you got a truck. So you had a truck anyway, right? Yes. All right. So we won't count the truck, even though that's part of it. But you would have had to have a a flats boat. And let's say for numbers sake, just to make it, we'll go, we'll go medium. Down the road, middle of the road, okay. No hell's. We'll day. say that we'll say the flat skip isn't crazy expensive, but it's not cheap either. So it's a fifty thousand dollars skiff. Yeah. Okay. Still expensive. Yeah. It's expensive, and you'd have to finance it. You know, because you just didn't have that kind of cash. So no. your payment, so your payment every month on the boat would be approximately. Let's make like number simple. We'll call it six hundred dollars, at least. $600 on the payment on a boat. And then to insure that 50,000 is going to cost you another $200 a month. So now just to have insurance. To, on, yeah, What's so that? Now
0: we're up to about 800 a month. Yep. And
1: this is, this is without any cash up front. Nope. So you're at 800 a month. Okay. Now, if you had to invest in the rest of the stuff that you need, you know, like a polling, uh, pole, push pull, push, pull, or whatever. That thing's friggin' 800 bucks. 1, and, and right. And then if you had to get your own fly gear or your own, uh, all your own gear, exactly what you would need for the flats. Do you use, do you use the guide's gear when you go out there? Or are you bring in your own.
0: I actually use, I use the guide's gear. I, t- I trust yeah. their gear.
1: No, I, I, that's what I, that's what I tell people. I said, just use my gear. At least we know what we got.
0: And the thing, the thing I love about going with Carl is I've never once had to adjust the drag ever.
1: Right. Right.
0: Like he's got those things so dialed in. I, I don't know how he does it.
1: Well, cause he uses them every day. So he knows exactly what he has, <laughs> which then he's, you know, which, right. Which then he can now, you know, uh, let you take advantage of. Yep. So, so you'd have to buy all your own, all your own gear. Let's just call it to make numbers simple. About three hundred dollars a setup. You need about I don't know eight or ten of those setups. It's another three thousand dollars. Yep. Okay. And if you take that three thousand dollars, and uh, let's call it thirty six hundred, because that way we can just uh, call it an even three hundred dollars a month. Are you get, are you starting to follow me?
0: I've been following you since we started this, dude.
1: <laughs> right. Because there's a lot of dudes out there that swear they need to go out and get a truck, get a friggin' boat, get all the equipment needed. And they do this and they totally do it like early in the game. You know what I mean? Before they even have been out on the flats or before they even like you know knew exactly what kind of fishing they want to do, they go out and they blow all this dough.
0: And they might, on they, all this stuff. they might get out there and not even like the flats.
1: <laughs> they might not like the flats. They might like the flats. But you're able to do a trip with a guide basically every other month <laughs> for basically no money.
0: Yeah,
1: $200 a month is what we came out to. In the production of what's happened when you've been out there is phenomenal. I mean, think about this. Think about if you did go out there and you spent all that dough and then you went out to the flats and you started pulling around. How many years do you think it would catch? It would take you to catch all the fish that you caught in the short amount of time where you hired a guy.
0: Oh, oh, Jeff, it would take me forever because people got to understand with the flats, they're very tide sensitive. So you can't just expect to roll up to a flat and you're just going to start pulling around. You're going to start seeing bonefish, permit, reds, whatever it is you're trying to go for. You really have to have the the tides like down to a science. Right. And then something that I learned from Mike Alfano is just because, you know, the tide's going out doesn't mean that they're going to be there. There are certain flats, he was explaining to me, that the bonefish, it doesn't matter if it's an outgoing tide. They only go in there if it's super windy. If it's not windy, they're not in there. And how you got to think about this? How long is it going to take you to figure out that they're not in there when it's not? You know what I mean?
1: Sure, sure. No, I mean like that's what I mean. When you break it down to just production, now there's other arguments to the game. You know, some people you want to do that. You have the dough. You don't have to overextend yourself necessarily, which isn't most people, especially people your age. And then you know, so there's an argument to do it the other way where you want to do it by yourself and i get the argument but first i get it if you want it, if you want to invest the time and the money i think for sure the most inexpensive and most efficient ways to do it like you're doing now and i think if you keep the process going when it is time for you to buy your boat and it is time for you to start fishing without a guide you're going to be way ahead of the game
0: you know what, one Jeff? of the things what's that oh go ahead i'm sorry no no you're good
1: no i was just gonna say what one of the things that that constantly happens to me now i realize i've been taking people fishing for the better part of 30 years but some of the dudes that i first took out you know went and they went out and they bought their boat and they tried to you know they got a little taste with me and then they bought their boat and they went out there and they tried to figure it out on their own, which some of them did and some of them didn't. But the guys that did figure it out on their own, one of the things that they did figure out, that it was like five times more expensive for him to have his own boat than it is to go People with a guy. The, flat, the
0: flats especially are not cheap. You know, well, no I mean, fishing kind is of, cheap. Any, no, no fishing is cheap. But like the flats, if you want to do it yourself – a skiff is not cheap. You know what I mean. And the, yeah. the push pull does not come with the skiff when you buy it.
1: Everything. You know what I mean, dude. Everything. And that's and that you know that's exactly like it's so easy for the novice, especially, to get wrapped up in all the marketing and all the image that goes along with flats fishing. You know, and the cost is just crazy. And then they go out and they don't catch anything. Yeah, and a lot I mean, of my dude, clients, right? Also, a lot of my clients did that. A lot of my clients did that, and then realized that they're not going to take their boat out every month to do a trip, so the boat sits there and they're paying for nothing. And they've gone through the bumps and bruises and the depreciation and the, the equipment upta- upkeep and all that kind of stuff, and then they ended up selling their boat and then going back out, just doing guide trips again. I mean, you know what I mean? The whole
0: thing. Jeff, and and you and I have had this conversation a long time ago. Here's the thing, I get the argument. I totally get it. But mm-hmm. here's something that people need to remember. The yes, the guide can is gonna can actually put you in a situation where there's the fish, you know, like in your case, you know, you're trolling around, you know where the tarpon are gonna be. You know what I mean? In when I go out with Carl and Mike, yeah, they can bring me to a flat where either the bonefish or the Reds or the Permits are going to be. But guess what? At the end of the day, they're not making the cast for me. Right? You have to actually make the cast, and if you hook it, you have to make sure that you know what you're doing, that you actually can get him in and not lose him and screw it up.
1: So, so the, point, the point you're making is that even if the guy does everything that he's supposed to do, if the angler can't do what he's supposed to do, then nothing comes together, right?
0: Yeah, basically what I'm saying is, if you go with a and again, I'm I'm an, I'm kind of just I'm using like the flats as an example here, but you're not doing it yourself. But at the same time, though, Jeff, if you think about it, you are doing it yourself, though, because again, Carl is not standing right next to me, and casting for me and then to right. me the rod
1: right that's why that's why there's two different there's two different names you got the guide and then you had the angler
0: yeah
1: and one is dependent on the other now what did you do between the time that you first started fishing with the guides till your last trip it was just yesterday where you got a permit and three bones was that some sort of practice routine that you were going through to make sure you could make those casts. So part
0: of it was practice. So what okay. I did was um, about a week ago, every day in the late afternoon, I would go outside and there was a tree and there is a, uh, so there was a tree mm-hmm. and then in my yard, in my yard, I have uh, there's like a little hole where one of the sprinkler heads is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what I was, so what I started doing is I would stand, a, you know, a couple yards back and what I would do is I would practice casting to the tree as a way of making sure that I can actually cast straight. Cause you right. know, that with flats fishing, you can't lob it. You have to line drive it. So I practiced line driving it, aiming at the tree. And then what I started doing is then I, in the second half, I would actually practice trying to make sure that I could cast right into that little hole where the sprinkler head is for and that was for accuracy so that was part of it but i will tell you another thing too is the fact that i've been going out to the i've been out to the flats like seven times now is i'm actually starting to calm down i don't get all nervous (laughs) like i used to i used to shave like a gosh leaf right and um, so i've started to calm down but i will tell you though i feel a little bit more confident now and well, but again, sure. I always say you never get cocky, especially on the flats, because you and I both know the flats will humble you like big time. But I feel because this is my whole thing. What I always tell what I tell people is I know I can make that cast. It's just a matter of me focusing when that fish either tails up in front of me or he pushes or he's mudding, you know?
1: Right. Now, now, tell me this, and you can you can kind of narrow it down between your last two trips. Are you 100% on your casting at this point?
0: Oh, no, absolutely okay.
1: not. And okay. I,
0: to be honest with you, Jeff, I don't really think that there's many people out there that will tell you that they're always 100% on their cast.
1: All right, all right. Now, considering that you and most people aren't going to be 100% all the time. Is there anything that, the, that, that Mike or Carl, being your guy, did for you to get the best out of you? Yes. What? So
0: <laughs> and I, and I think that Carl actually has done this the best, you know, and the reason being, I, cause people, I always tell people, if you come fishing with me when I go with Carl, you best put your big boy pants on and you, and you better have your thick skin because Carl don't hold back, especially with me. Cause Carl, okay. cause Carl knows me, you know, like before I fish with him. So he's like, on almost like I'm almost on the level like you and I are where he doesn't, he knows he doesn't have to hold back with me. So right. what he did yesterday is, you know, I was, I was casting and it, I was casting kind of pathetically at the bone fish and Carl finally said to me, he goes, he goes, Steven, he goes, turn around, look at me. He goes, this is how you cast. And he did like, it was almost like a flick of the wrist. He goes, you casting like a fucking pussy. And (laughs) all of a sudden when he said that to me, I like, I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. And um, gosh, that got my attention. All of a sudden, when those bones, when we saw them, you know, grubbing, and I was just like, I said, screw it. And I just freaking started launching it in there. And let me tell you. It worked. I got three of them.
1: So kind of like a football coach would do, you know, he, he basically knew that you had it in there somewhere. Yeah. And he brought it out of you, which is what a guy's supposed to do. Now, do you think that people could, um, let's just say, translate that action totally different and I complain could. that the – Guide was too hard and was yelling at him.
0: I definitely know that some people would, you know, because some people I think it's an ego thing. You know what right. I mean? Um, right. So Mike Alfano, he has a different approach of how he brings out the best in me. And, okay. You know, because you know, Mike and Mike and Carl are two guides that I think are so talented, and they have my 100 percent confidence. Like for okay. me, when I go out with both of them. I never really worry about whether or not we're going to find the fish. I know we're going to find them. It's up to me to catch them. So, but what Mike does is, you know, cause Carl is like the drill sergeant, you know what I mean? Which I love. Okay. So what Mike's approach is this, he'll see I'm, I'm struggling and I'm getting frustrated and I'll kind of hit to him and I'll say, you know, uh you know Mike maybe you want to try something different maybe we'll try pitching under mangroves or something like that when we're start casting the reds down there mm-hmm. in, uh, in the everglades and Mike won't do that he will literally keep me there and he will keep having me do it and I don't know how but somehow at some point something clicks in my brain and all of a sudden it starts working and I start catching mm-hmm. up one after the other so it's interesting, Mike, and I always say that I appreciate this. He, I think, has, he, it's like he has more confidence in me than I have in myself sometimes. And it's right. like he forces me to make it work, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it works. That no,
1: makes sense. It makes sense.
0: You know, it's a different but- approach. Can, Carl's is more, you know, I'm going to basically force this out of you, but I'm going to catch your attention with something like you throwing like a pussy. that that caught me real quick
1: right right Um,
0: but mike like i said mike is a little bit of of a softer approach um but again it's different but it's still effective
1: sure well i mean each guide you know is more you know is comfortable with you know their way of doing things but as long as it works like i had victoria out on the boat the other day and we're doing some fishing offshore and um She's like, well, you know, she's like, well, Dad, you know, sometimes you talk to me out on the boat and, you know, you're so serious and, you know, it it, it kind of throws me off and it kind of makes me feel weird. And I told her, I says, I says, well, I says, you know, you have to be serious because you're speaking with emphasis where you really it's important for people to listen and follow directions and do what they're told. I says, just like me. When we're out on a boat, there's times where you would speak to me with emphasis, where you wouldn't normally speak to me that way. But because we're fishing, because we're on a boat, that you have to let your guards down and realize that somebody's not yelling at you necessarily. But it's more of a matter of creating extreme emphasis. Are you following me?
0: I I agree with you 100%. And I'll tell you, one thing that I've learned throughout this year— is how much more focused and how much more serious I'm taking when I go out there in the flats. You know, right? Listen, like, I'm st- like, when I first went out there, it was like, man, I just need to get a bonefish. I was busy thinking about all kinds of other stuff. You know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I was really taking it as seriously as I should have been when I first started.
1: And especially if you wanna catch them at Biscayne Bay.
0: <laughs> especially if you wanna catch them in Biscayne Bay. Right. So, but yesterday, I really felt proud of myself because I felt like I had achieved something where Carl said to me, he goes, did you think, were you thinking about anything like work, you know, people, things that are pissing you Were you thinking about anything when you were out there? And I said to him on a serious note, no, I didn't think about any of that stuff. I said I was so focused on permit and bonefish. And I said I've gotten to a point now where I am – very proud of how far I've come as a flats fisherman and I want to, and I've been proven and I want to continue to improve, you know, when I, I, love, so, you know, I, I, it means so much to me when I post these pictures on Instagram and the kind words that people will say, like, you know, like they, you know, David Cohen is always so great. Billy Nast, um, you know, all these people, I, but I don't let it go to my head, but what I do is I use that as fuel to make sure that I continue to stay focused and continue to take it seriously and improve.
1: Right. And being focused and trying to improve is what you have to do in all sports, which has always been my argument that fishing is a sport and not a hobby. Yeah. In order to become great, you have to put forth 100% of your energy and your efforts. And every time you don't put in a hundred percent, you're hurting yourself. Yep. You know what I mean?
0: And this is the thing, you know, like I was telling Carl yesterday, you know, I have, I have buddies that have said to me, they're just like, you know, do you ever like, doesn't it scare you sometimes when you go out with a guide, you know, that you're spending money and there's a possibility that you might not catch anything. And I said, I'll be honest. I don't really think that way. Because one, I have confidence in the guides that I go with. Right. You know, so I look, again, I'm not worried about whether or not we're going to find the fish.
1: Well, this is, this is something anytime, you know, your friend or anybody says something like that, um, you know, th- they're called a fishing guide and people really need to, you know, get their Webster dictionary out or whatever app they use to figure out their vocabulary. But, people really need to understand the definition of fishing
0: <laughs> it's not catching
1: well i'm just saying fishing is fishing there's i mean you know great guides can do great things but it's still fishing and you are a fishing guide and i think people um either one don't wanna understand what the word fishing really means or they just don't know but i hear you there's people out there that are like they just assume that if you hire a guy that you're going to have the best fishing day you ever had, um, as far as productivity goes. No. And that's not necessarily true because some of the best fishing days can be where you don't catch anything.
0: Well, this is, this is why I love Biscayne Bay and Almarada and the Everglades is because even if you're not catching anything, the scenery is so beautiful And the only way you can get to a lot of these destinations is on a skiff. And that to me right there is worth it. That's half the trip right there.
1: Yeah. This is what they, this is what the, this is what the clients say when they don't catch something. (laughs) Well, you know, it's just good to be out there fishing. Good to spend time with, you know, people that you enjoy and, you know, they start doing all that and I get that, but I've heard it so many times in my lifetime that it's like, uh, hard to listen to at this point. (laughs) i'm <laughs> no, not, not, not saying it like that i just mean that you know you uh you hear it and then you're like okay i got you but that's what you say when you didn't catch anything <laughs> you never say that so much when you crush it you're so no. focused on your catch and what you were able to accomplish you know and it's not like those people when they say that are wrong or anything it's just yeah. that It's hard to swallow when you're a fishing guide because you want them to catch a fish so bad. And sometimes it doesn't happen.
0: Well, you know, like Carl, like I was talking to him yesterday. I said, Carl, I said, be honest with me, dude. I said, as a guide, I guarantee you that you probably feel so much better accepting money when the people have caught fish. And he was like, of course. Yeah. Because like he wants, and again, that's why, you know, because he knows he can be, the drill sergeant with me because he wants to bring the best out of me. And I got to tell you, man, I was so impressed with him though yesterday because he brought the best out of me. That was, that was a stellar day yesterday, dude.
1: Right. Right. Now, do you think, do you think, um, do you think it was more important for you to have that big day yesterday or for your guide?
0: You know, be honest. I will tell you, I think it was, honestly, Jeff, and I'm not just saying this, I think it was bigger for Carl, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. You know, for I've always been told, and I'm sure you can vouch for this, as a guide, it's so exciting when you see your clients catching fish. Right. That's number one. So one, I knew that for Carl, that he had a blast watching me actually, and watching me have a blast catching the fish. Sure Carol is one, um, but the other thing is because you know, like I said, I've I was friends with Carl for at least a year before I even asked him to, to fish with him. Right. So I think for me, you know, he, he again he was the he was the person that took me out to the flats for the very first time. He he put me on my first bonefish, and now he can say he put me on my first permit. He really has seen me. I think the evolution of me probably the best out of anybody and I and I could tell in in his his demeanor yesterday I mean he was just like he almost reminded me of like just like a proud freaking uncle you know what I or like a proud father you know what I there, mean yeah you could see the sincerity in his eyes he was legitimately yeah. happy for me
1: it, it it's cool it's cool that you're able to see that because without a doubt um especially when you have a relationship with your client and he doesn't have to be your best friend or anything like that, but you know, that his, um, focus, you know, that his desire, you know, that everything that, um, he really wants, you can provide for him. But then because it's fishing, you know, there's a lot of things that are involved. So when it happens or when it doesn't happen, often the guide is more emotional in the relationship between the guide and the client than the clients are. And like you said, the clients often are perfectly happy just being out there and seeing some things that they haven't seen before and experiencing a few things they haven't experienced before, even though they didn't catch anything. And that's where it really like, you know, it really crushes the guide because the guide knows that it can be so much better. Yeah. And they care. Most yeah. good guys obviously care. Now there are some good guys that probably don't care. Um,
0: yeah, I believe that.
1: But I'm sure their business, I'm sure their business is um, reflective of that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, my buddy, my buddy James, you know, one of his favorite stories that he always would tell me is, you know, about 25 years ago when he went fishing in Isla Murata with this guide, and the guide, I mean, he put them on some fish. I mean, he was telling me. He said the bonefish were like sharks. I mean, but he told me he goes, we would never book that guy again. They just—he was,
1: there was—he no, was such an asshole that the fishing couldn't make up for it.
0: Oh, and that was the thing. He, yeah. they, he such a he was such an asshole that they literally said they were like, we had we don't care how big these bonefish he's putting us on is. It's just because again, it goes back to how you always just say it's it's also about the experience and. He still, no matter he's, he didn't provide them with a good experience, but but again, you know, like you were saying, I don't I don't think he cares about that. If whether or not he's providing his clients with a good experience, as far as he's concerned, is listen, I'm putting you on world class fish. You should just be grateful for that.
1: Hmm.
0: You know yeah. that's why, you know, I somebody um, uh, Michael Johnson, who's in our network. I've spoken to him a few times um, on social media. Very nice guy. And um, he was asking me if I knew any – he wanted to do bonefish in the Keys. And he asked me if I'd recommend any guides. He goes, I was thinking about doing something in Marathon. And I said to him, I said, listen, I said, you go to Isla Mirada. You go see Mike Alfano. Right. You know what I mean? Because I said he's going to provide you with a hell of an experience. Right. You know, because i about guides.
1: See, and that's the business side of it. You know what I mean? Like a good business person refines his personality to make his business successful. And I think both Carl and Mike, you know, are smart dudes and they've been able to do that. And that doesn't mean that you don't speak to your clients with emphasis. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, It doesn't mean that one style is better than the other, but it's just a a reflection of the guide's desire to make his clients as successful as he possibly can.
0: Yeah. Because let me tell you, right. I mean, Carl like yesterday, like he knows like, you know, not every cast I did was great, you know? And, but he, the funny thing is he 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 speaks to me like he expects every cast to be great in a hundred percent. And that may not be so, but he's not going to go easy on me because he wants right. to make sure I don't get comfortable.
1: Right, right. You
0: know, that's great.
1: Yeah, and that that comes with years of experience, you know. I'm sure Carl wasn't like that always, you know. And, you know, he's been able to wiggle and learn, you know. And now he's at a point where he knows when there's time to, you know, show emphasis and when there's times not to. And it's just good that it worked for you. I just want to tell you, you know, we're real proud of you catching three bones and a permit in one day.
0: I appreciate that, man. It's Thanks. been a hell of
1: a year for you, considering out of those seven trips, the number of fish, the amount of fish that uh, you were able to catch.
0: Yeah, dude, and, you know, um, i got to tell you, though, Jeff, something happened. Hmm. Well, there was a few things that happened yesterday that were pretty wild on top of catching all the fish. But I had—I don't know if you've had this happen before, but race was like the end of the trip, and we were pulling across this flat. And I was like, you know, let's see if we can get one more bonefish, you know. And sure enough, here come these bonefish cruising. They weren't grubbing; they were just cruising. It's like four right. of them. And you know, Carl's like, "You see him, right? All right." I used to go, "I see him." He goes, "All right, let him have it." So I launch it, land it right in front of him, give it just a little bit of a pop thing eats it, and I could see them. I mean, in my mind, I was like, they're like maybe four, maybe five pounds. Grabs it, the thing takes off. Jeff, I'm not even joking, he took off literally like almost like a quarter of a mile. I And I literally said to Carl, I said, Carl, I said, I think this thing is bigger than we thought it was. So the thing, (laughs) I I can see it. And because it was very skinny water and there wasn't a ton of wind. So I'm literally watching the thing, like the line slicing through the water and I can see this bonefish literally all the way out at the end of the flat. And all of a sudden, cause you know, I'm trying to keep the rod high because I don't want him to freaking cut me off on anything. And on the corner of my eye, I see something and I look and there's a cormorant, one of those birds, you know, those birds that dive.
1: Right. Right. The swimming bird.
0: It's flying. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think he's going to hit the line. And the thing all of a sudden almost does like a like a like a tumble. In the air, and Carl freaks out. He's like, Oh my gosh. He goes, Dude, I cannot believe he didn't cut your line. <laughs> I'm reeling the thing Jeff. Th- the line had feathers <laughs> the freaking line <laughs> as I'm reeling it in. And Carl said to me, He goes, Literally, in like 23 years of guiding, he said, I think I've seen it happen maybe two or three times. He said, And the other times, the lines were snapped. He goes, I cannot believe that that thing didn't snap your line. I I, sounds... I was astonished. I, I, never, I didn't think that would ever happen to me.
1: Well, you know, dude, just enjoy it. Because it sounds to me like everything went right on yesterday's big trip with Carl down in Biscayne Bay.
0: Somebody was smiling yeah. on him that
1: day. Dude, just enjoy it. Because there will be trips where everything goes wrong.
0: Oh, I've had that happen.
1: Yeah, and you have got to take the good with the bad,
0: dude. The last time I went out with Mike Alfano, I was getting crushed by the redfish in the Everglades. I got one nice one, I, but dude, I had like a ten pounder on, and it came off, and that was stupid on my part. It was I, I didn't set the hook hard enough.
1: So, no, believe me, won't I won't do that too often again. What was that? Probably won't do that too often again.
0: Oh my gosh, that's why. Well, like I said, I mean, that's why I just. A week prior to this trip, I just I was going on YouTube, and I was watching all these videos of bonefish, and I was watching how these guys, their form. I was doing everything I could to try to get myself in the right mental state.
1: You know, I wish I wish you could like do a, a pre-call with all my clients, especially my newer clients, and kind of like um, coach them on what they're supposed to do before they get on the boat. Because one of the things that's demoralizing to guys like Carl and Alfano and myself is a guy will get on the boat and he hadn't picked up a rod and friggin' since the last time he was out with you. <laughs> right. And then he wants you to catch him like the best fish in the ocean. And like, you just kind of shake your head like, dude, you know, little sure would help if you wanted to help yourself a little bit. But um, that's part of the game. That's just the way it is.
0: Well, i said to carl before i just said you know i said carl i said we should try to find like a big just angry tail and bonefish and i didn't really even think much of it because i was so fired up about the permit quite frankly and then at the end of that trip you know the bird hit the line we got the bonefish in and the bonefish was like freaking almost eight pounds it was, mm-hmm. I, I, carl i said do you mind if i get in the water with this one and he goes, go ahead, man. And I, there got you it. Go. I mean, just holding that thing, Jeff, and the girth, and I lifted it up in the weight. And I was just like, I mean, that's one of those moments where you just think to yourself, like, because I mean, because I know people that they catch big fish and they think that they're like king of the freaking world. They get all cocky. I just, I always feel more humbled. And I just feel very blessed, really. I know that that sounds cliche but i really feel very blessed and and lucky that i've been able to do some of this stuff because well, i, I know this is stuff that some people only get to dream of or see on tv
1: well you should so you I, should feel you should feel that way but also remember is you know this is what you want to do you're willing to put in the time and energy and save the dough to do these things and very intelligent get the best guides you can pay them the dough and Experience some success in basically just run a dog a little bit. Dude, so
0: I, I always make sure to this day, anytime I post a fish pick, I always put the hashtag RTD.
1: Run that dog. That's right, buzaka Congratulations on the big day! Thanks for doing a podcast with me today. I thought it was great. Appreciate
0: you having me, man.
1: And all you guys out there, thanks for tuning in to the Lunker Dogs Real Guy Show. Please give us a five star rating. And um, tell your friends and family that this is the best podcast for a fisherman or for an outdoor enthusiast or just a real guy. This is a Lunker Dog. That's Stephen Busaka, the Shepherd. And thanks for tuning into the Real Guy Podcast.